This is the Heal from Trauma-Bonded Relationships with me, Dr. Sarah, empowering you to heal from painful relationships to rediscover your self-worth and confidence because you are ready to be the best version of yourself. Hello, my friends. In today's episode, I'm really going to be talking about how trauma bonds haunt you. And this episode was really inspired by a work that I am currently doing with a client of mine, but also it's really reminded me of previous people who've approached me and they've said, I've experienced this really difficult relationship. My partner's been abusive, they've been toxic either current partner, past partner, I am really struggling with this, but have then declined getting help. So it's something I really wanted to shed light onto because the thing is, the way that the human mind works is so interesting in the sense that sometimes we know that we're really struggling with something, but simultaneously when we're asked to face it, when we're asked to face the thing that scares us, we run away from it, even when it means running away into the thing that scares us. I just want to pause there for a moment to really get you to think about this. Sometimes when we are asked to look at the thing that scares us, we end up running away, ironically, into the thing that scares us. And this is something that I see a lot with people And so I want to break it down in terms of what am I actually talking about? And I think a good way of framing this is describing the process work that I'm doing with a particular client of mine. And like I said, I've actually met so many other people who've experienced similar things. But let's say with this particular client of mine, she really struggled with a very toxic relationship, a very abusive relationship. And despite her struggles, despite knowing that she was struggling, she didn't know what to do with it. But didn't know what to do with it, not in a frantic sense, not in a panicked sense, not in a sense of being lost, but in some more of detachment. So just to illustrate, whenever we met for therapy, She'd say to me, oh, this happened and oh, there you go. And that was it. And it would be in that tonality. And so it was quite interesting even just observing her when she was talking about it because the content of what she was saying was absolutely horrendous and it was so, so heartbreaking. But simultaneously, the way she was talking about it was very blasé, dare I say. It was very detached. It was very nonchalant. It was very as if it's not even there, as if it's not even a thing. And when I'm talking about detached, I don't mean dissociated. I don't mean as a trauma response, as though you are so far away from it that you're not connecting to it emotionally, because to emotionally connect to it would be traumatic and would be re-traumatizing. No, I'm talking about this woman making fun of it in a way. And I remember sitting there looking at her and I was asking her, how much are you even committed to this process? How much are you committed to seeing me and and to gaining support in terms of resolving this? 
And she was really unsure. And it was interesting because on one hand, she would say, yes, I want to. And she would turn up. But then on the other hand, she was giving off a lot of signs that she really wasn't that committed to doing the work. She really didn't want to look at the thing that brought her into my office space to begin with. And so we were in this really weird land of purgatory in the sense that on one hand, she wanted to do the work, but on the other hand, she was giving me all the signs that she really did not want to do the work. And Furthermore, there would be moments uh, during our sessions where I would ask about something and I promise I was being really gentle in terms of my questioning, but actually her responses appeared very abrupt and very defensive and to the point where it almost felt a bit attacking at some points towards me. I couldn't quite put my finger on it and there were other moments when I would make a suggestion and not even a suggestion in terms of advice, but a suggestion in terms of interpretation of her experiences. So for example, she would be talking to me about some really difficult situations that happened with her and a partner. And I said, it sounds like there was a lot of issues of control around then. So that would that was my kind of suggestion in terms of figuring out what was going on. And she would immediately reject that and immediately challenge me on anything and everything that I was saying, uh, saying that my interpretations were really inaccurate, that it was incorrect, that I basically that I didn't know what I was talking about and, and she knew it fully. So I remember sitting there thinking to myself, you know what? Yeah, I could totally be wrong here. I, I, I don't know your relationship best. I'm just basing it on my professional clinical personal experiences around this but as time went on I asked her and I continuously asked her how committed are you to this and what is actually causing your commitment what is your deeper desire to being here because nobody's forcing you to be here the door is right there if you feel like our work is unhelpful I'm not going to stop you from leaving. I, I wouldn't want you to be wasting your time and your energy doing something that you don't want to do. Of course not. It was only at that moment that she then really started to realise that she was actively avoiding the thing that she really didn't want to look at. And the thing that she didn't want to look at was how valued she was in the relationship, but also the question was, what did I mean to my partner? Did I mean anything to him? And that was a really hard hitting question for her to look at. That was a really painful area for her to consider. And she was avoiding that area fully. And she was avoiding that area fully by avoiding speaking to me about it, by challenging me on anything that went near that subject or went near the question of that in terms of the pain, the trauma that she'd experienced within the relationship. But she would reject any of my suggestions and even to the point where sometimes she would just book in appointments with me and then never show up. And so all of these things were really indicating that this was actually a really painful thing for her to look at. The jokes that she was making about it, again, not really funny because it's not a funny situation. Of course it's not. It's a painful situation. 
but simultaneously she would wrap them up in jokes to avoid looking at the hurt and to almost redirect me so I look in a different direction. Even when she was saying to me, absolutely no, you're wrong, you're inaccurate, you don't know what you're talking about. Again, it was almost like a projection from her to me to make me look somewhere else, to make me question my better judgment, to make me question what I initially thought from a professional and personal standpoint. And so this was really a mirrored effect because within her, she was so confused. She was so lost. She had absolutely nowhere to go. She had no sense of who she was anymore as a consequence of the trauma bond. She was in such deep pain. But that pain was so deeply hidden under so many layers of avoidance, of withdrawal, of attack, of criticism, of punishment, of anything else that she could get a hold of in order to avoid looking at the pain. And there's this process called transference and counter-transference in therapy, and you may or may not be aware of it. It it doesn't really matter too much, but um, just to bring it into context here, Often what happens is that whatever the client is experiencing from an emotional standpoint, you experience that too as a professional. But also as a professional, you experience emotional responses and reactions towards that client. And so, for instance, when she was telling me I got it totally wrong, I'd be there thinking to myself, I don't think so. But yeah, maybe I have. I'm fallible. I've got humility in me. So yeah, sure, maybe I have. I want to learn more. But even when I was suggesting that I wanted to learn more, she just continued to say to me that I was wrong and that I could never get it. And so it was almost like in that moment, the emotional interpretation from my side was that she's quite attacking in terms of my professionalism, in terms of my judgment, in terms of any potential suggestions I make, but even working with me. But simultaneously from my end, I felt really inadequate for her. And it really got me thinking, what is this about? But my sense of inadequacy that I experienced when I was in the room with her was simply a mirror of her feeling of being inadequate. And her feeling of being inadequate was very much occurring within her relationship with a partner. That feeling of attack that she was projecting out onto me, again, that was very much a mirror of what she was experiencing within her life, within her relationship. Again, the criticism that she was loading off onto me was very much something that she was experiencing as well. But she couldn't look at that. She wasn't in a space to want to look at any of that stuff because her pain was so deep-rooted and she was holding on to this belief that no one could see her. She had experienced for such a long time the sense of loneliness that other people couldn't understand her, other people couldn't see her, that she was in full isolation, even though physically she was surrounded by lots of people, but emotionally she felt extremely lonely. She felt that nobody could understand her. So who am I to understand her? In her point of view, who am I? And 
I get it in the sense that I don't get it in the sense that everybody's experience is different. But simultaneously, I'm here to see you and to see the whole of you. And that is important. That is the powerful bit. And it was only through time when we worked together and and we got over this hurdle of actually what is blocking you from being committed to this process and what was blocking her was the fact that she was going to look at all of this really painful stuff. As soon as we got over that hurdle, she was able to be seen. And that was something that was incredibly powerful for her because she had not felt seen ever. She felt as though she was completely isolated, that there was nowhere for her to go, that she was rejected, that she should just crack on with it and she should just accept her fate as it is. But the truth is that she was really suffering in isolation and no one should be suffering in isolation. The suffering that you're already experiencing as a consequence of trauma bond is incredibly painful. And to do that alone, you've already got a hard enough job in terms of the healing process. Why do it on your own? It it, it just it would be making it so much harder on yourself. And when we were really processing this and really digging in deep and what was going on, we noticed that she was engaging in a lot of avoidance behaviors, let's call them. And the avoidance behaviors, like I mentioned before, in terms of criticizing me and my professionalism, but also in terms of avoiding the session. So let's say booking an appointment and not turning up or even avoiding the topic completely and then talking to me about something completely different or even though it might appear related in tangent, but it wasn't actually in response to what I was asking her. It was always tangential or even normalizing certain things. So for example, normalizing infidelity, normalizing criticism, normalizing control imbalance and power imbalance. And so even these things were really challenging, but they were also a sign of avoidance. Even things like minimizing the criticizing, attacking behavior, minimizing the threats that she was subjected to, that again is a form of avoidance because it, it they were all methods to make sure that I don't look that, to make sure that I don't approach that. And even when she was challenging me, again, it's another method to reject my thoughts, to reject that I may be correct in terms of certain things, but also to maintain that position of not looking at the pain. And so it occurred to me that actually this is something that a lot of people experience because they don't want to look at the pain, because they feel so unsupported and they feel unseen. They actually feel as though every single time that they've tried to share something with other people, so let's say they tried to share the pain with their partner, they just get shut down, they get rejected, they get attacked and they get further threats, they get ignored, they get the threat of the relationship ending and it's just simply not a safe environment for them to do that. Or let's say they try to share with their family member, with their friend, saying, hey, I'm struggling, this thing is happening. And so their friend, their family member may say, just leave. But actually, that doesn't land so well because they think, 
no, I can't leave because I love this person and nobody else understands our love like I do. I can't leave because this person is hurting and what if I'm letting them down? I can't stand my ground. I can't hold this boundary because what if it means that I'm being horrible or rejecting or criticizing my partner? Actually, no, my partner's had a really bad time. I don't want to say no. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to upset them because my friends and family don't know them as well as I do. And so all of these methods, even though it might make sense on some level, but they're all representations of avoiding the pain, avoiding potential difficulties, and you're maintaining this status quo. You're remaining in a situation hoping that it will get better by changing yourself. It'll get better by being more patient, by working harder to maintain the relationship, by losing weight, by being more attractive, by being whatever it is. But you're working harder to improve yourself in some way so that you are more acceptable to your partner, so that you reduce the injury, so that you reduce the pain, so that you experience the love again. Even though that might be the hope, the reality of what actually happens is that you're further and further ignoring the pain. You're further and further ignoring two different things, really. The attack and the criticism, the judgment and the neglect that you're subjected to, that your partner engages in, the manipulation, the gaslighting, the controlling behaviors. You're ignoring that. You're avoiding that and working really hard to not look at that. But also you're avoiding your responsibility and your role within this relationship. And what I mean by that is you being subjected to abuse and to attack, that is absolutely not your fault at all. That is all them. However, for you to choose to remain in that situation in the hope that things might get better there's something there within you that needs to be resolved. There's something within there, there within you that needs to be processed in the sense of, okay, what is actually going on inside of me? What is it about me that has allowed me to continuously bend my boundaries, to continuously bend over backwards, to continuously accept criticism, shut my mouth and not say anything, for me to remain in a situation where I'm getting perpetually hurt? What is it about me that has enabled me to stay in this process? And that is the real power that we have because the more that we understand ourselves, the more that we then get empowered to recognize, is this something that I want to enter or is this a relationship that I would rather leave behind? Is this something that I can resolve or is this something that is a standstill that that we can't actually get anywhere to? Is this something where my partner has capacity to hear me and I have capacity to hear them? Or is this something that just can't be fixed? And so it's only through being able to understand ourselves that we can really attempt those steps, that we can really shift the needle and move forward within our relationship. But before then, it becomes incredibly difficult. The more that we try to avoid looking at this difficulty, the more that we inadvertently start running into it because we're avoiding it in the short term. We're avoiding not experiencing pain. 
or what that pain means about us. We're avoiding the bigger question of, did this person ever love me? Did they ever care about me? Did they ever want me? What did I ever mean to them? Did I mean anything to them? We avoid those hard-hitting questions to remain in the space of hope that things will get better, to remain in the space of maybe I'll experience love again if I just do X, Y, and Z. We remain in the space to keep the peace because we believe that we're fundamentally flawed. We feel a lot of shame. But actually, none of these things really support us in terms of our longer-term growth because we end up running into the problem again and again for the short-term not looking at the pain or, or potentially looking at a question that we really don't want the answer to. But let me tell you this, if you're even experiencing these questions on any level, so for example, does this person love me? Did I mean anything to them? Did they really ever care about me? If you're experiencing those sorts of questions or doubts in your mind, for me, that's an indicator that this is something that is really important to you. Clearly, this relationship's important to you, but clearly it's something that you need to process and you need to think through. And to think through in a very supported environment with a professional, with someone who is able to help you process the thoughts, the emotions, the challenges, the pain, the trauma that might come about as a consequence of this. And so this is incredibly important so that you don't run into this issue again, so that you don't perpetuate these negative cycles again and again, whether it be in this relationship or whether it be in future relationships. So it no longer haunts you. And with that in mind, I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts and feedback on this episode and whether this is something that you have experienced yourself. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do me two favors. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and rate this podcast so that other people can find support and life-changing information. Until next time, take care.